Toronto! I wonder if they can hear it on Long Island. Great move. What a goal. Beauty. Austin Matthews. Bless you, boys. What a game. Welcome back to the MLHS podcast. We have a new season upon us, and it's time for some new content and to tee this whole thing up. I'm Anthony. I'm here with Dan. I'm here with Tiller. We got our guys from, I don't know, do we say formerly PPP? Like you guys are formerly PPP. Not like, PPP for do life. We, That's... Do we acknowledge the site's existence still? Cox Block forever. I think so. PPP and Cox Block forever. Forever. I still think it counts as a site. So... If you were still there right now, what would you be writing about the team at this point? We have Bradtree Living's first offseason in the books. No more Kyle Dubas. How do we feel about what's transpired over the past five or so months? Well, I, I think I'm it's going to jump in because you botched my intro. I just want to I want to do it right because there's a lot of people who spent all summer wanting to hear me talk. So ye old God till... Uh, if you're having puck problems, I feel bad for you, son. I've got 99 problems, but the Leafs ain't one. Living here in beautiful Ferndale, Michigan, where nobody cares about the Leafs and no one ever talks to me about them, so it's heaven. Uh, Do they care about the Red Wings? Kind of. They care about the Lions. So, you know, I've been, you're going to get like unfiltered. I'm out of the bubble, boys, and you're getting like, you know, clear as air takes for me on this season. I don't know what people are saying in the center of the universe. And all yeah, I can Tiller. say is I am tired of this hockey team and I hate what they did all summer. I think it was stupid, but paradoxically, it's more interesting than they've if they had done things that were smart. Why is it stupid? In the middle. Uh, two words, Ryan Reeves. How's that? That's a, that's. That's a, that's a, a fair 12, start. A 12th forward is going to ruin it? We just traded a legit good player so that we can have Ryan Reeves on the fourth line, like taking runs at guys and turning up the tunes. The team is going in the wrong direction. Okay, and, so, we're, so, we're, so we're, jump, we're jumping the tree leaf, and that's fine. We can come back to talk about do this game. Um, we, can talk about, we can talk about Kyle Gankan first, for sure. No, no, it's fine. You, you, you mentioned it, you know. I think in aggregate, in, in aggregate, Tree Living's moves, I'm actually pretty like I'm I'm okay with. I'm pretty excited. I think he had he made some really great moves. That Ryan Reeves move though was just so fucking weird as a first move, right? As your first day, the first move, and a three year deal for a 36 year old fourth liner. Like and and listen, maybe I have no idea how the market functions and what was going on there. It just seemed like a really, you know, and I didn't freak out. I'm like, yeah, let's be patient, but certainly a lot of people did freak out, and it seemed like a really weird signal to send out as your as your first move. I think he recovered nicely though uh, after that. There's a few few other you know, question marks, but um, I think he made some great moves. It's not weird. I, think, I don't know what he thinks is important. It's this taking one sense. I was reading that article. I saw a lie. I am I am following something about what he was like in the ECHL, and he's like, you gotta have you gotta have the people who insulate you know your stars and like make everybody feel safe to be alone in the house at night. Like Austin Matthews is Kevin McAllister or something. That's what well, he thinks. Who, who did he have in Who did he have in Calgary in that role? Milan Lucic. You know, well, he's, he's, for. it's like it's like Berkey signing Cold North for four years or five years. It's the exact same. <laughs> That's not quite yes. there, thank God. We need a yeah. guy that you know, blah blah blah. He made one what one good move, one good move all all off season, and it was great. Well, Bertuzzi obviously, I think, was a slam dunk because she had one year trial. I think Domi is a definitely a worthwhile flyer. No, um, it's, no, it's wait, wait, Domi's like because he's like of the level of guys you can get on waivers at the end of the year. Mild Max, fake no tough way. guy. Who went on waivers that is even remote? Like, can hold Domi skates. I mean, we traded Lafferty for nothing. D- yeah, so Lafferty cannot not waiver, hold Domi skates. He's a one-dimensional scoring winger who can like maybe tread water on a second line. This is what we have. We have a second line that has. Tavares yeah, and Lafferty's like an 11th forward, to be clear. That's yeah. fair. So that, like, their gap there and, and actually, is a And we're agreed. We talked about it on Twitter a bit. Like, Lafferty, is an, I think, is a nice, useful player for sure. Yeah. Right? He can play He can play a couple different spots. He can go on the penalty kill. But he's not going to make or break the team. No. no. But look at the what the forward depth that he's put together is. Bertuzzi, great signing. Not sure why he's on the first line. I mean, it's, like, probably one of the best lines in the league. But, again, I don't know why Austin and Mitch need that much help when they combine make $400 million. Second line, we've got Max Domi. 
I'm sorry, that's not a Stanley Cup winning second line. You've got Max Domi on the second line. That's a third line, fourth line player at this point. Third line, you've got a rookie, a 19-year-old rookie, and Cal Yarncroke. That's not good. I mean, I love Matt Nice. We all love Matt Nice. That's, like, not good if you're, like, planning and going deep into the playoffs. That's plan A. And then you have a fourth line with Ryan Reeves on. That's that's pretty weak. I don't know. Why, why compare to last year? You know, do I am I going to miss? So we got Bertuzzi, um, Domi, Nyes. Well, do I miss uh, Bunting, Kerfoot, and Engvall? No, but that team wasn't winning anything either. Like, that's not the bar. The bar is Florida. It's... The bar is Tampa. The bar is Boston. I don't think our forwards stack up as well as they need to. Well, Bertuzzi was pretty high up on Boston, to be fair. And he had had an amazing... One great move. Bertuzzi's the exact player they needed to add to the forward group. Great move. We've got one great line. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't call Domi a fourth line. Like, I know, you're like, just to backtrack on that, you said third, fourth. Like, he's definitely not a fourth liner. He's, like, definitely capable of, like, a top nine forward on a legit team. Like, he's gone... Yes, that's fair. Like, like he was he was in Dallas's top nine and like contributed when they went to the conference finals just last year. Like, is he, it like, appreciably different them. than signing like Thomas Tatar? Yeah, because Tatar sucks in the playoffs. I th- I think what it's in- where it's interesting is like he's actually skilled. Like you can give him the puck and he can make plays. Like to, like one dimensional offensive winger brings true. Whereas Kerfoot's probably the other way. Like, you can't give him the puck. He can't no. do anything with it. But he is respectable in his own end. So I'm okay. curious they're, to they're, see. They're, they're, they're taking a different approach here, right? Yeah. They trade completely. Yeah. Like, you look at those three players they subbed out. It's but, a completely different approach. And I don't know if it's going to work or not. But I'm yeah. I'm happy to not watch. Like, like Kerfoot was fine, you know. But I'm happy to watch something different. I think it's interesting but, because I think under the Leafs, and I'm thinking of Anthony's piece that I read the other day about, like, what forwards need to succeed in the NHL. Like the Leafs really leaned into guys who are pretty good at a lot of things, you know, like, like Alex Kerfoot, not great at anything, but he's pretty good at basically everything you want to find. Jack of all trades. Yeah. Well, like, he's not a guy. He's not a guy. And, and, and on the other hand, and we got rid of guys like Kasperi Kapanen who are very good at like one, one or two things and like complete boneheads otherwise. And now they brought in a guys who are profiles are more jagged, like Max Domi, great playmaker, not very good at most other aspects of the game. John Klingberg, great at rushing the puck. And uh, you know, offense in the in 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 the zone, terrible at everything else. Ryan Reeves, great at turning up tunes, sucks at hockey. Um, you know, like they, they're bringing in players who maybe the floor is lower, but maybe there's things that they can do. Uh, hopefully, in a playoff series, if things are close, that they could actually stand it. Like, could I see Max Domi like setting up a winning goal in an overtime playoff series? Yes. Could I see Alex Kerfoot doing it? No. No. Angle, no. getting his ass tossed and trying to be a tough guy in game two of a series yes but the Leafs under Dubas had plenty of guys who did that too so depending on how that went down would I even be upset if he did that potentially depending not on how it went down it, it's on the table is, is interesting what I do find interesting I, though it, sorry Dan I'll, I'll get to you in no, a I'm, sec on this sorry go ahead if like they haven't scored in the playoffs and they yeah. did add guys that can legitimately produce. Like Bertuzzi is a lit, like through and through his top six forward in the league. Domi, if nothing else, can produce. Klingberg, if nothing else, can produce something. Like he was terrible yeah. last year. He still had 10 goals. Yeah. Like Lilligren led the Leafs defense with six. Like, like in a way, in a in a weird way, they've gone about adding a bunch more offense to the team and like actual secondary scoring. Knives obviously is like it just a critical X factor to it. If I'm trying to pump the brakes on him as much as I can, you know, you never want to get caught up too much in, in, in the hype of a young kid, but he looks, he looks full marks. Like he, he looked amazing in, in preseason. And the playoffs, he looked like he just stepped in and looked completely like he belonged there. It was yeah. unbelievable. It's crazy. So like he looked like they do, they did add some like legitimate layers of scoring to their team. But then I think it gets into some other pieces, which Tiller kind of roughly discussed. Like, why Like why does Bertuzzi need to play with Matthews and Marner then if you're going to pair Matthews and Marner? Like, how amazing does that line – like, it has to be the best line in the league to justify keeping dollars. them together, yep. right? And then it's like, well, now you are you have a 19-year-old 3C, mm-hmm. and I watched every preseason game. Some I sadly watched twice. I have very little life. Like, I'm <laughs> – 
Minton was fine. Like he was solid. He made some nice plays. Yeah. But you do not see teams with 19-year-olds go to the Stanley Cup final. Like that is not how the recipe, like the playoffs. Oh, 2010, 2010 Blackhawks, not standing. Like the yeah, playoffs yeah. is a, is know, a man's I'm league. Saying. Who was 19 when they went to the. Wasn't Taze? Yeah, or T20 like we're comparing Frazier Minton to Jonathan Taves. Second round and like barely went PPG in, in junior last year. Like that's not Jonathan Taves. Oh no, for sure. Yeah. I think that's and, and your point, Anthony, is well made. I think one of the biggest, even though I like the player, you know, to it was find the third him, year Chicago won the cup, by the way. Was it third? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but David, still. you know, Dave Camp, who I think we all agree we like him as a player. Love Dave yeah. Camp. Like, I think I think what he, I said about him last year completely right. Just want to say that back. He and you know the dollars were a bit much. I thought you know a couple million would, would get it done. When you look at the team now, how it's constructed, he he's not going to drive a third line, right? Um, and he feels like it's a big overpay on you know to give him fourth line you know ten minutes and some PK. Like I don't know, it just feels like it's he's his out weird outlier. I, I don't think it is because he's one guy in, in the bottom six that I would see drives things in the right direction. He's going to play 10 minutes. He's going to be, he's not just some PK. He's probably your best penalty killing center. No, no, for sure. If it's two minutes left in the game and you're up by a goal, I want him out there. I think that's where it gets interesting how he manages. Like if, if camp is playing 10 minutes a night, like that's a mistake on Keith most likely, or the team just like is losing all the time. Right. Like, Like if they're winning, he should be closing periods. He should be closing games. Like they should have some utility to him. Yeah. They should be like, if they staple to Ryan like, you know, Reeves all year, then that was that's stupid. But I, I think you know Keith's mostly used him in more of a shutdown role on the third line. Um, yeah, lots lots of defensive zone starts and neutral zone starts. Nothing in the O zone, so he moves things the right way to her for sure. But when you see who's around him, like you're not gonna have Camp centering a third line with like Domi, let's say, right or Nye. That that would make that wouldn't make sense. No, that and that's where it gets weird. They don't have the wingers for him. That's like, what I mean, yeah. Engvall and Mikheyev were great wingers for camp. Like, that was, for him, like, stylistically, that's perfect. Like, they're checkers. They're just yep. annoying players that get in the way and can skate fast. And camp is actually kind of sneaky fast himself. Like, he was flying in the Florida series, him and Lafferty, funny enough. And I do want to circle back on Lafferty and, and Minton because, to me, that's the more direct comparable. But I do think it's... I do want to very quickly, I'm trying to figure out the way to phrase this without Tiller going insane, is I do find that there can be some utility for Reeves that's legitimate, that I think he'll add a little bit to the team, more so than just the stuff off the ice, which I don't think is nothing. Like, I do think that there is a slight, like a bit of like a cultural issue with the team that was, that was like the one thought i had when he when when he made that as his first move i was annoyed at first i'm like okay if the first thing he's, he's addressing is kind of a culture the, play what did, what, did he, what 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 but what, what did he see immediately when he got there that made him think this is what we need to add right so maybe, maybe there is something there i, I right? think a lot of it comes from sheldon so i i constantly i've pointed this out like a bunch last year and i think sheldon plays a part too but Sheldon consistently like pointed out how quiet the bench is on the team. And it's like, they got Ryan O'Reilly. It's like one guy who's like actually like a captain in the league and like won a cup and, and whatever. And like Luke Shen and like, think about like the basic things he would talk about them. It's like, Oh, Ryan O'Reilly's talking on the bench. Like, why aren't these guys talking? It's like, Oh, Luke Shen organized dinners on the road so that the guys aren't in the hotel room, like playing video games. And like, they're actually being a team and like having some, like, like, what were you guys doing? Yeah, and then, and then as I like kind of go through it, there was a Trevor Moore clip. He was on a podcast, and they asked him, and I'm sure you guys will remember when he laid out Zidane Chara. And they were like, "When you went into the room, like, did the boys go nuts? Like, was everyone like, holy shit? Like, you just killed Zidane Chara?" And he's like, "No, like, I had no idea. Like, he's like, I knew nothing. He's like, the only reason I found out is like after the game, I checked my phone, and like, it was all my friends like blowing up my phone." that you laid out as a dental chart. I'm like, how did like, how did no one on the bench like make a noise? Like how, how did, and I'm like, I'm not saying you, you give Reeves 1.3 million to, to like fix these things or to play. But like, I do think that there's something like a little bit wrong 
Oh, there's obviously something off. And I believe in culture and I believe in emotions and I believe that that matters. But it's been 20 years since Gary Roberts, who actually did the things that we're talking about and could play yeah. hockey and could shut down the opposing team's best player. He was the best. And I have seen a dozen or more guys come into the Leafs and ha get told that this guy is going to turn the culture around. I've seen Dion. I've seen Cole Moore. Yep. I've seen fucking. They told me that about Jason Blake. I've seen Ryan O'Reilly. I've seen Joe Thornton. I've seen Patrick Marlowe. Like I don't know. I don't know at this point. Like what Ryan Reeves is supposed to bring that all those other guys didn't. That's going to change the culture of this group. And at a certain point, if the culture of the group is that like immovable to external influences, you've got to look at the coach and you've got to look at the core guys. And well, that's the thing. Like they're all they're all great players. Like, brought in like, around the core guys, but this guy's worse at hockey than all the previous guys. Yeah, that's fair. I like to you know fool me once, fool me twice. It... Like for me, O'Reilly, I could not have been on, more on board with the Maple Leafs acquisition. I said that takes you were, you were on the pod here. You're on the ice, off the ice, boom, didn't work. He didn't play that great. Like... I love Ryan O'Reilly, but he did not play that great in Toronto. He, he had not. one it's, of it's, the it's... biggest goals of that playoff run. Which I'm calling it a run is generous, but that's not a run. That's the, a that's a, the, that's a that's a walk down to the store to get a bag of chips. The, that's not the tying the tying goal in game three. That yeah. game that they definitely didn't deserve to win. Like he made a sick play in front. They tied it. Like I don't know if Great they moment. beat Tampa. Tell me one other memorable moment he had in a Maple Leafs uniform. Maybe yeah, like the first couple shifts, the first game when they put him out with Austin and they looked like they were going ham on the whole yeah. league. Besides that, that was it. I just I don't think they beat Tampa without him, and that's not saying much. But I don't think they would have. You know, ultimately at the end of the day, like your top guys have to be top guys, and that's just you know it's the story. I mean, it's the story. Matthews the same... doesn't have a goal in in round two, and Tavares yeah. has two points, and uh, you know Mitch does this the things that he even... does. Yeah, you know it's even you you watching him preseason and he's had a few plays where he like gains the blue line and stops up and he made like uh like a sick cross ice pass on one and like a sick like sauce through like two defenders and Matthews kind of got it in tight and almost scored and like they look unreal and everyone fawns over it and I just watch it and say you'll never get to do that in the playoffs like if right. you want to gain the blue line and slow down you will lose the puck every time because guys actually back check. But yes, yeah, so if you want to or, do it, just give everybody time to stack four guys in front of the net. And then you're going to be dicking around on the perimeter again, wondering why you can't get a high quality scoring chance. Yeah. yeah. Like you have to put like playoffs is very simple. Like it's straight line. It's to the net. It's fighting for space. Like that's the one, at least, at least tree living doesn't give embarrassing answers when he's asked these questions. It's always like, yes, like that's how you like you play in the playoffs. Like he's, He's been very consistent about it. Like the game doesn't change in the playoffs. Like it's about getting on the inside, getting to the net, getting pucks to the net. Like I always found you you would just get some weird, trivial, like counterculture answer from Kyle Dubas where you had to like trivialize something that just had no need to do it. Like he's just it's like a soliloquy on like Cody Cece being good when we all knew that he wasn't. <laughs> It's like you don't have to do these things, man. Like you can just admit I, it I've, sometimes. I, I've definitely enjoyed Tree Living in his style so far for sure. I was a big but you want like you mentioned Dubis. Do we want to circle back to the whole uh Dubis fiasco? Yeah, I feel like Tiller's waiting to go off on it. No, I I'm I'm totally agnostic. If you guys want to do it, we can do it. If you don't, you don't. I, and I'm not, I, I don't want to go off on anything. I just think you know, we, we messaged a bit Anthony in the summer. It was just, I mean, after all the dust kind of settled. Like that couldn't have been more fucking weird the way that thing played out. Yeah. Um. Like it was on his end to be clear. No, on, on his end. On his end. On and, everyone's and, end. On, on, was on everyone's, everyone's end? end. Yes. It, it was. It was on everyone's end, but I do think that he he was the instigator that started this weird train down here. Like like when he first gave his presser, I was like, you know, I'm a dad, and I was like, oh man, Kyle Dubis, like all emotional about his family. Good for him, you know. And as it played out the next few days, I was like. Okay, wait a second here. So Shani's hearing this for the first time and after he said, don't give a press conference until we've talked. And he did anyways. And he's, he's using his family and these emotions as, as you know, as a, as a bargaining chip in public. I was like, I thought Shani's presser after was also weird, the minute by minute. But I felt like he was, he was almost like backed into it. I think he, it felt like he was really defending himself. He felt really wronged by how it, how it went down. So the whole thing was just, to me, like for Dubis to go out and say, 
You're not going to see me as a GM in another team. It's either here or nowhere. When clearly he was talking to fucking Pittsburgh beforehand, like, give me a break. Like, it was, why did he need to say that? Why was any of that necessary? You know, it was just a complete fucking sideshow. Sorry, I'm cussing too much here, but it was, it was such a weird thing. And the reaction to the public, some people were like, you know, it was like, you know, a week of mourning and people were, you know, the, some of the comments we saw on Twitter, you know, like, oh, the mood around the team is so sad now. You know, people are just distraught. It's like, will you guys like grow up? And this is a professional business here. Yeah, we all like Kyle Dubish. You like working for him. But like, and then and then some of the comments, oh, MLSC clearly doesn't care about family and, and mental health and stuff. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Like it was just, it was such a, it was, it was so perfectly Toronto how it played out. You know, you could you couldn't just you couldn't just parted ways. No, it had to be this whole freaking sideshow that went on that that caused two weeks of fucking punditry and and ridiculousness. Damn that. The only thing, the only (laughs) weird thing I think that Shanahan did in that whole process was it was said that he, like he started approaching him to put it together in like the first round of the playoffs, Mm -hmm. and that to me was weird. It's like, well, I could have told you they were gonna make the playoffs last summer like what were you waiting if all like what were you waiting for to see like if you or it was after the trade deadline sorry not not even the playoffs yet it's like after the trade deadline he's like yeah i've seen enough i was like what'd you see mm-hmm. what what changed for you to literally you could have well, done that in september nobody around the team like all year we all said it doesn't matter what they do in the regular season yeah. the one person whose job it is to decide what matters was like yeah no i'm good after the trade deadline I was yeah like, that's was, so was that getting- makes no sense to me I read or I heard that it was, you know, it was the board that was not giving Shane the green light, which I don't know if that's if that's true or not. Um, but I totally agree. The time like to start that after the trade deadline, it's such a bizarre thing for sure. I, I think the board stuff, I think the way some of it gets portrayed, like I hope I hope people have gone back and reviewed some of the things that were written and said at you know the time, like you mentioned you know, the morning and all that. It's like, none of it, like, none of it came to be. Like, no. they lost Jason Spezza, who was like the Dwight Schrute of the organization. <laughs> like, he was the assistant to the GM. And of course, Spezza was going to go with him. Like, people make, like, when it happened, it was just like, oh, like, Spezza, this, like, loyal guy is, like, leaving. It's like, what was he loyal to? Like, Dubas was GM? his meal ticket. Yes. That was exactly like, right. Shanahan doesn't know yeah. him from Adam. Brad came on board and, and Austin still got a sweetheart <clears throat> contract, just like he would have if Kyle was there. So nothing really changed, right? Nothing. I'm know? surprised that you guys, I don't know, I think you view this really short-sightedly and don't have a sense of the traditions of the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. Because to me, this was the most Toronto Maple Leafs the Leafs have been in 15 years and since at least known as, so maybe 10 and it was wonderful. The Leafs are not good at hockey. They're not good at winning. They're not good at making me happy. What they are good at is weird fucking sideshow, psychodrama, boardroom bullshit that gets spilled out in messy ways <laughs> all over the media where everybody shows their ass and nobody handles things properly. And it was a masterstroke. It was a one week. It was like watching Succession, but with like Gomers from Ontario. And it was brilliant. It was the best thing they gave me all season. When is the last time somebody gave you a hug? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't know. I I I found the way it was portrayed and the reactions to it just a lot more bizarre than what ended up like other than that part from Shani, which I doesn't make any sense to me on the timing. Everything that transpired from that point, I was like, I understand. It's like yes. you told him not to go out, and then he did. And then you're you're hearing about that from the press he- conference. Then he, the then he sounds he, he sounds less than committed. He's not sure he wants a job. Not sure his family can do it. And this is the first time Shani's hearing this when he's I I would presume has asked for a raise. And, and you're a, sending a, him an offer, and he's emailing you back yeah, to talk good. to his agent or whatever. And it's like, like I like some people are going to sit there and say, well, yeah, like it was emailed to him, and he's going to email it back and stuff like that. So it's a lot of money, like. It's you ever offered someone a job before? Like you get off the phone. Though. I I mean, when people get into the details, everybody involved in this is lying or is incentivized to lie, yeah. or we have no good reason to trust what they're saying publicly. And in the media, it's just half the time it's their stooges speaking. 
So like the, the he said she said of this is never cuts any ice with me. It's silly. It's so, obvious think, that the process was bad on that, both that, sides. That was Kyle it handled this suboptimally. Things. Brandon handled this suboptimally. They look stupid. It's obvious that Kyle had another job lined up because he got one a week later. It's obvious that Shanahan had another GM uh, lined up because apparently, you know, he only was ever, you heard one person linked and he ended up with the job. It's a question for us is, was it the right decision? I think, no, I think they're a better organization with Dubas running it. However, I also think that things had gotten very stale and very, uh, you know, they weren't winning. They weren't winning anything. They weren't getting where they needed to go. And so this is a situation where they maybe like took a step backwards, but it's actually going to work out for them because hockey is fucking random when you get to the playoffs and, you know, maybe something's going to go in off Tyler Bertuzzi's ass and we're going to win one this time. Or maybe Austin Matthews is going to score in the playoffs. Ultimately, the same question about the team is as much as people want to criticize Kyle, and I've said this on this podcast before, he bet on some guys. They seem like good bets. He probably spent too much on those bets. And those guys have not have not delivered for him. Period. That is it. Everything else he does is less important than the fact that he counted on four guys to deliver the mail and they never have. And I think that it was it was inevitable either Dubis had to go or Keith had to go. Keith should have gone. The best and I, I actually and I thought I thought Keith was, and they fired. I thought it was, I thought it was be Keith. And the talk that Anthony said about the culture needs to change. I'm sitting there thinking, do you know who sets the culture for a team? Yeah. Yeah, I was. I don't know if he sets it. I would argue that. But I hear what you're saying. He's definitely a big contributor. I get it. The players do, but the coach does. And if there's ever a you can't fire 20 players situation, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs and their cap situation. If there's ever a get a different voice and different ideas behind the bench and maybe this group takes off, it's the Maple Leafs. And like I think Sheldon Keith is smart and a good coach, but I also think that like maybe it's not working. And the, the Sheldon like hands in the pocket, lean against the glass, blank stare. Yeah. When things are going tough, it is it's tough to watch. Like there's no question about it. Like there's zero it's, fire it's there. What we need in this situation more Mitch Marner. Maybe maybe if Mitch yeah. plays 38 minutes tonight, he'll score. It's interesting the trickle down effect too, right? Because it's like oh well, Dubis was blocked by the board. He was blocked by Shanny. All of which I think was bullshit. Like. They executed any number of big moves under Dubas, so whatever. And and then, but then it's like, oh well, what was the impact of those guys on Dubas? And now, what's he going to do on Pitt? And then in Toronto, it's like, well, what was the impact of Dubas on Sheldon? And like, how's that going to work? And I kind of just ultimately go back to it and say, you know, like, how many times do you see the spots change? Yep. On a leopard, like honestly, how like. I imagine he'll by and large tree living's been very like he's referenced a number of times. Like he's basically considering this like Sheldon's second job. He, he keeps referring to it as that. And that's fine. That's fair. I, I see what he's saying. New boss. I've brought in new guys. It's a bit of a new team. It's a new situation. Okay. Like, we'll we'll see. I, I don't think anyone would question that Sheldon is a good regular season coach. Like he's obviously a bit like he's yeah. done a good job, but yeah. I, yeah, I think they've, I think by and large, been outcoached every playoff run. Every playoff for sure. I think once Dubis went, I thought Keith might stay, but I thought maybe Trillium was going to clear house. But I thought after maybe, okay, maybe it's a bit of continuity. That wasn't, by the way, that wasn't handled well either. That was gross. I, I don't think Sheldon should have come back, but they let him twist in the wind for like 10 days while everyone's... Yeah. And, and you know, after yeah. five days, you're like, okay, well, they haven't fired him yet, so he's, he's probably going to stick around. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, they're, they're just going for continuity here. Maybe they don't want to just, you know... Maybe the, the the boys love uh, Kyle so much, but also love Keith. So we don't want to ruffle too many feathers here. I think the I, I fell for tree living in that situation, though. Like, well, for sure, uh, it was it wasn't an easy spot to be put in for sure as a as a you know as a new GM. And I think the, also, the extent again, media stuff is media stuff, but the fact that like apparently the first thing tree living did was like text everybody and say you good. I'm like really, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I get it, like they're important players and stuff, but. I, I... I, that was not the place that I was in with this team was for, for the new GM to come in and immediately tell exactly. four players, you're not going anywhere. We're not really doing anything severe. I'm like, okay, great. Whatever. Let's uh, let's paint around the edges again. And we've got a 19 year old third line center and, you know, John Klingberg on D and we're hoping that's going to, that's going to fly. I don't, I, like, I mean, you're, we're, we're focused on the 19 year old. I think it's a great story. And I think someone said today he's the first, second round. It'd be a great story be, if they played I'm 43, but it wouldn't win. <laughs> he's the first. He's the first 19 year old second round draft pick the Leafs have iced in the same year drafted since uh, Matty Stajan. 
<laughs> that meta staging is actually a pretty good comp for him, to be honest. It's, that, it's I not bad. See him it's not a bad. Staging career. I hope he doesn't get laid out like four times a year the way Matt Stajan <laughs> did. But that that part aside, and the longer fans think... will know, Stajan had like three or four times a season where he just got absolutely destroyed. Yes, he did. Yard sale. Yeah. Boychuk <laughs> owned him. Yeah. So that was a tough one. I think the tree, I think the Sheldon tree living situation was just, I'll always go back to it. The boat was last summer. Dubas missed it by a mile. Um, he didn't want to get rid of his buddy or however you want to phrase it. He believed in him. And um, the infant, like him saying, him comparing him to Trotz because, you know, Trotz was available and he said, mm-hmm. like, oh, I think like he could be as successful or something loosely along those lines. Uh, Trotz is like the third winningest, winningest coach in the history of the NHL and has a Stanley Cup. I think that's like asinine to throw anybody in the conversation of a great who's been around for like all of like five seasons or four seasons at the time and has won zero things like just crazy. But that was the summer to do it. Like Trotz was available potentially. Bruce Cassidy obviously was. Pete DeBoer obviously was. This was just. It's the argument I have with my friends all summer. They're like, Sheldon should have gone. I said, well, who would you have hired? Like, Peter Laviolette? Now Sheldon's not gone. I mean, he's doing the same thing that Kyle did when he came in, which is you don't fire the coach right. Same thing Brendan did. You keep your options open. Yeah. You keep that bullet in your gun. But and who was the who option? Who would you have hired now? If it's the midseason and things aren't working, what if you could get a coach who's won the Stanley Cup, who's won an Olympic gold medal, who knows this market and these players? Mike Babcock is ready to go. <laughs> That's what I need to see by the deadline. I need to see him in the room, looking at phones, getting the air oh, going. Absolutely. The options were just too poor, I think, this offseason to justify. Well, we're going to move straight on from that and not talk about the greatest sport story in hockey in the last five years, which is Mike Babcock just... doing like the redemption tour, getting hired, and then managing it bounced again before training camp. Okay, so it's, it's, it's relevant. In, in, in my hockey pool draft last night, one of the team's name is Babcock's Dick Pick Collection. <laughs> he like i it's insane to be that that stupid to me to like to to not go in there and just like not like i don't even know how to describe it i would have been you know i would have been excited for certain other coaches i just don't think any of them were available this summer i don't think that hiring an entry-level coach at this junction or juncture of the team is like would have been successful i think the only way you could have even remotely done that is if you had someone in the ahl and greg moore was an absolute disaster uh, i'm not even going to go down on that road but that was never a good hire at any point so to me well, it was okay like, like kids these days though it's a new generation of players right and they're on their phones all the time right they're always on screens they're playing Fortnite or whatever why not just put like a hologram of Pat Quinn on the bench? You know, <laughs> the old they're happy. The old guard's happy. I think that would work. I'd be I, on I think ultimately, like, like Tiller, you've been pretty down on, on the team. I think the team is a bit of a breath of fresh air this year in a good way. Like I do, you know, we've talked about the skill added. I don't like, we've kind of loosely referenced the Frazier Minton bit. I, I find that decision, honestly, people point at, Ryan Reeves and and that's fine like I get it I kind of mentioned a little bit off ice but I actually do think that he brings a little bit on ice in terms of giving the fourth line some like identity of like an actual grind line like they had sustained shifts in preseason it's preseason I get it of like actual just zone time and cycling and drawing some penalties and to me like that's all you want the fourth line to do but I watched them like last year who, who was it last year to start to start the the, the season it was Zach Aston Reese, it was Obey Kubel, and um, who else was on the fourth line there with them? And Camp. Yeah, and Camp on the fourth line. And that was that. Then Obey Kubel, a great four checker. They're going to have an identity. They're going to pin teams on the other end. And that dude got waived within two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That fourth line was terrible. Yeah. And I, I think he brings a little bit more. Like you can say what you want, but and well, like I you mean, don't, you yeah. don't hang around the league as long as he has. If you're like completely inept on the ice, like not in this. No, day. but he's 35 now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, you know, like yeah. the, the, the train's going to run out of track at some point. Like, For sure it's it is. It's not like they're signing prime era Ryan Reeves. And no. you, could, 
Like it's, he's gonna have an injury next year. He's yeah. gonna have LTIR for sure. Like they're hiring him on what Maybe. he what he used to be able to do, and there's a real question as to whether he can still bring that. And it's the same thing. Yeah. Though they're you know stratospheres apart. They they brought in Marlowe for what he used to be able to do. They brought in Joe Thornton for what they used to be able to do, and they couldn't really do it anymore. And especially by the time the playoffs rolled around, they were gassed. So you Is mentioned Ryan Reeves going to be able to bring it and pin, pin teams in in the fourth, uh, you know, on a fourth line role and fight every now and then and still have something in the tank for the playoffs. Funny enough, he has more playoff games than anybody else on this team. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, which it's is Pillar, you, you mentioned Marlowe. As Anthony, that's depressing. That's it is. <laughs> it is. I don't teams don't give away playoff games though. Like you can say what you want about enforcers, whatever. Like teams don't just like play guys for no reason. Not that he was playing much or or doing a ton. I'm just the only thing I was really getting a roundabout way to saying is at least he knows like who he is and what that line is. Whereas we're watching Leafs Tampa game one last year. And a minute into the game, I'm watching Zach Austin Reese. Zach Austin Reese Absolutely. make an area backhand pass in the D zone up the middle for a giveaway. And the Leafs are down one nothing. Like you are Zach Austin Reese. In what planet are you making a backhand area pass Again, in though, the middle of your own zone? Isn't that like Sheldon? He, isn't that Sheldon? It partly is. Yes. I, I 100% think it is. And I also think it's Zach Austin Reese not knowing like who he is. Like he's got to sit there. At least I think Reeves has the gumption to like look around and be like, no, you're not doing that. At least he'll look at Noah Gregor and be like, no, nah, you're not playing like that. Like we're just not, we're not doing that. At least well, there's and- something that I think he can bring to that line of some sort of identity. Sure. But here's the question we- for the team overall that we've danced around. We talked about guys. In the abstract, we barely talked about the defense, but we should probably get there. Is this team better? Yeah, I've, they're better than the start of last season. Are they better than the end of last season? No, they're better. Yeah, I'm not. Of- I'm not ready to say that part. But they're no, better than they the are. start. I know. I know that we're like happy about some of the forward additions, but they, the guys they're replacing are not like trash like michael bunting no. you're all done with him but he's not trash he can play no no he's right not. alex pertuzzi's i was sick of him he's an nhl hockey player you know he can play so but you're it's... hoping those guys are a little better again the third and the fourth line look like real problems and the defense does not seem better and to the me, defense so is not team, better yeah and the defense is is, is worse i mean if, if geo keeps on playing the way he was just completely gassed in the playoffs it was, it was... Again, he's forty. Like he's, he's gonna forty, right? So he's he's gonna be a step back for sure. Klimberg, um, I don't, I don't love. I'm, just, I mean, I'm happy to not watch Justin Hole anymore. DJ uh, Brody looked really bad in the playoffs last he year. He did, but he, but he had a great he regular did. season. It was, and he, but he, he, he did. He looked absolutely brutal in the playoffs. He's in his thirties, which was very disappointing. So uh, I don't know if they're, if they're not. It's really not better. It's worse, but not a ton worse. I don't. I think the forwards are notably better. I think. Yeah. Bertuzzi and and Nyes are legitimately better than any of like if you ranked all of those players, no, I the guys that. they've added, Bertuzzi and Nyes are at the top. Like it's just it's too much added at the top, even if the rest of it is, yeah, whatever. I'm kind of hesitant to really believe in how good Matthew Nyes is because but he's so he's young. Legit. But like every time I see him play, I'm like, I know, he's ridiculous. He's so good. Yeah, like, um, I just kind of am pinching myself a little bit. I guess I don't want to get over. But like, yeah, we we've, we've been hurt before. We don't want to. We don't want to get too yeah. crazy. Exactly. He looks. He looks. Yeah. He looks like the real deal for sure. He looks like, like an I, actual impact player. He doesn't look like oh, this is a guy, nice guy to have. He looks like a guy who will make a difference for you consistently. He looks yeah. like at what point are you saying that he plays on the top line instead of Bertuzzi and Bertuzzi? Like, other, but like, <laughs> at what point are we saying that the twenty-five million men can just play with some rando on the first line and like we can well, actually spread this out a little? Well, that's why can't that's, they? That's, I mean. Let's Pittsburgh talk about Matthews. This and Mark Dock, some guy. Because Matthews just signed. We didn't talk the Matthews contract yet. Hate it. What was Hate it, it like? Thir- 13 and a quarter? Hated it. You know, I don't, I've long been an advocate for shorter contracts in general in the league. So I think mm-hmm. we, we, there's too many long contracts that end up being, um, you know, uh, that drag down teams. They have to get out of it. And that's no, that's no good. But. I wouldn't have minded an extra year or two for Matthews for sure. And I think coming the year off the year he had, like, listen, we all watched him last year and we could tell he wasn't quite himself. He wasn't getting his shots off in the same way. He wasn't dancing around guys the same way. 
-hmm. Injured wrist, I get it, you know. Does he come back from that? Or is this something that's kind of hampered him now? And 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 maybe in that vein, maybe four years isn't isn't the worst gamble. Um, because what if what if he, he there is something you know structurally wrong with him where he can't get back to those same heights? Because they paid him that money is his 60 goal year um season money. It's not for last year when he scored 85 points or whatever it was, no, you know, 40 goals for his contract. Yeah. Yeah, it has the it, potential to go wrong for Matthews. I mean, the short term, it's just, there's no other way to say it. Like, it's disappointing. Like, you yeah. know, we talked a little bit about culture and whatnot of the team and kind of the vibes around them. And it's like, he could have just set a tone for the rest of what's to come, which we all know is coming. And meaning Nylander Marner. And he could have just been the, you know, the leader. And, and people will sit there and say, well, that's not his problem. Like he's taking care of himself. And sure enough, that's fine. Like I'm not gonna begrudge him that for like his life decisions, but like as a like as a potential like winner or not winner and like leader of the team, like absolutely I'll begrudge it. Potential like, leaf legend. Yeah. Like, should be leaf legend. I you, believe you mentioned you mentioned Marlowe, and I wonder if like Marlowe's most lasting legacy with the Leafs is coaching these guys to take shorter contracts to max out their uh to max out their value. Marlowe's lasting legacy is him telling Matthews not to tell Dubas that he like mooned that security guard that time. Marlowe told him not to tell. Yeah, it was like ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't know that. That leadership, fantastic. I I I think Austin Matthews should get every dollar he wants to get. You know, he's yeah, he is, and I also tell you that he is underpaid, and the NHL salary structure is stupid, and you know he deserves a lot more money than he gets. However, as a fan. I also just look at that and I'm like, okay, cool. You know, the one thing you care about is getting the most money you possibly can. And that means I, again, will not cut you any extra slack when yeah. you, if you fail to do what you're paid to do. And he's not, he is, you know, he's getting paid to be one of the best players in the world. And one of the things the best players in the world do is they win a couple of playoff series for the team. Never has done it. And until he does, fine. Say, so I feel the same way about Mitch and, yep. uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. Really agreement until at this point, perfectly said. Point, you just need to pay him and deal with it because if you build your entire team around overpaying four guys and then you balk at the fourth guy and trade him and now you have three guys, it's like I don't know. You're kind of you're kind of half in the pool, half out. You know. Well, and it's only going to be four guys. Like Tavares has what two more years left? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so this year and next. This year and next. So you know he's not going to be paid the same. Should they keep him? You know he, he won't be paid no. anywhere near the same. So it really will become back it'll come back to the, the, the big three, right? So I, I agree they 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 just need to pay, pay Willie and that's it. And again, because Willie's the one guy Willie has the one guy of that group that I will say has shown up consistently in the playoffs yep, for all yep. the slack that he takes in the regular season and every every maybe half ass back check that happens once every 12 games that people focus on, you know, over and over. He's the guy that shows up in the playoffs. It's but, a legitimate question as to whether he or Mitch is more valuable to the Leafs. I'm sorry. It is at this point. Considering Mitch gets all the minutes with Austin, Mitch gets to run PP1, and Nylander, you know, generally plays with inferior players, generally does not get the prime PP time, puts up almost as many points a game, and plays better in the playoffs for way less money. I mean, to me, like, the, the obvious trade, if you were going to trade one of the guys this summer, was always to trade Mitch. And yeah. you never hear anything about it, but it's the one thing that makes absolutely way more sense it, it's kind of funny though because he has the 22 game point streak or whatever it was last year and i'm watching it in the back of my head i'm thinking to myself like there's no way nylander is better than this guy like here you know it was like the it was before like the midpoint of the season or whatever like roughly yeah. around that which well, is like guy to put up three points against carolina you know on a monday night in january mitch yeah is which, mitch is, which is what i'm getting at right like middle <laughs> season like he full marks on effort young like, stars game right? absolute god of the young stars game yeah yeah you know like at like selling out for empty net attempts in game 82 to try to get his 100th point as if like it's going to change his life in any material way whatsoever um which was so embarrassing and then you watch the playoffs like especially round two and i'm in the back of my mind going there's no planet in which mitch marner is better than william nylander like none like Nylander and I I went to the game like I went to game two Leafs Panthers and Nylander was so bad for the first like period and change and like actively gave up the goal against 
Pardon me? The whole team was that, that, yeah. that first period. Yeah, but, but Nylander was like particularly terrible. Like he was, he was on one. And the thing that, the thing that I'll give Nylander is, so he, you know, he made the shit play. They scored. It was a terrible goal too. Like that, the goal itself wasn't like his fault, but the giveaway was obviously. And the rest of the game, like he was the best player on the ice. Like no one was, no one was even near him. And at least I could sit there and say, well, when things went wrong, at least Nylander could have this thing called pride mm-hmm. and turn it up a level. And very often we've just kind of seen 34 and 16 shrink and have the absence of pride when it was shrink required. Or, or, getting, or, or get exasperated, right? They, they seem so flustered by what's going on. They yeah. can't harness, they can't harness. Yeah, the moment's too big for them. It's too big for them. Whereas Willie, when we went down and everyone ripped him for this answer, but it's a great fucking answer. He's like, this is fun. This is what you play for. It's fun to be down 3-1. Let's go. He welcomed yeah. the moment. And everyone hated it because Willie's Swedish. And I guarantee you if Ryan O'Reilly had said that, people would have been like, that's a warrior. But like he plays like that. He plays like he has the right mindset. And he doesn't always play great. Yeah. But like like Dan said, you see Austin and Mitch shrink. You see them get in their own heads. You see them shake and stare at the ceiling and all those things. And try yeah. too hard. And, and try too hard. Mitch is fucking doing spinoramas and shit. It's like, what are you doing, man? Like, yeah. just get up the boards and go. Yeah. He just ultimately, Nylander does the things that piss a lot of fans off, which I get. You know, it's like th- there's a puck in the corner and it's a 70 30 puck and he's the 30. And he's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to get that. Or like, he could take a big hit and to like make like a minimal play that does absolutely nothing. And he's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not taking that hit. And, and a guy like Mitch will chase after that puck. And I'm not, I'm not slagging Mitch and I'm not commending Nylander for doing it, but you know, that's the stuff that fans see on like a night nightly basis. And it's frustrating sometimes. Cause you're like, why isn't, why isn't he getting after it? But like, if he, you know, if you asked him, he'd probably look at him and say like, I wasn't getting it anyway. Like, what, like, why would I, why would I use my energy on that? Like that was never. I wonder what these people are going to think when they watch Max Domi play hockey night in night out. Because let me tell you, he's not going in after that seventy thirty either. No, no. And so it'll be interesting to see it all play out. But you know, ultimately, I think their forward group is better. I think their defense is a little bit worse. I think their goaltending is still largely a question mark. I think it's it's yeah. getting just schlepped off as like Samsonov was good last year. Like Samsonov has not had a good career to the point where you can just like lock him in as the guy. And I would prefer to have Joseph Wall over Matt Murray. I never liked the Matt Murray move at any point. That was like art, like the second worst trade of his tenure. You know what the first one was, you know, I I still think, I still think it's Naz. It's Naz. That's 100% the worst one. And then the other worst decision was just letting Zach Hyman walk. Uh, you. What about big? What about big three year for your boy uh, Peter Mrazek? That was uh, they made a very good uh, move for that, but that was that was brutal. Uh, I actually do think Mrazek would have rebounded. I think Mraz. I would have rather have kept the higher pick, and although funny enough, I I think they drafted Fraser Minton with it, but I would yeah. have <laughs> I would have rather have kept the higher pick and Peter Mrazek than like trade him and get Matt Murray get and Matt Murray. like that whole yeah. like dog and pony show. Brutal, brutal so, I, I think the goal the goaltending is, is questionable. Like I think this year maybe the, the really the, the, they might have to outscore their defensive and their goaltending problems. They've actually they've been a really good defensive team the last two or three years. Um we look at shots against and goals against. I think this year we might see a bit of a yep. Um but either way, I still think despite you know some of the, the, the questions we have, I still think they're the favorite to win the division. And maybe less because of the moves they made, but what the, the changes happening on other other teams in the division, like Boston, That's I have good. to. Think, yeah, like I think Boston has to take a step back. Tampa's getting older. Vassy's hurt, um, yeah, and I think after that, so I think it's a bit of a crapshoot. I mean, Florida should be in there, obviously, but I think there's going to be in there. Ekblad and Montour hurt. Like it's got to be time. If you guys yeah. don't win the division now, then what are we talking about here? I don't care. I don't care if they win the division. I don't know. I can't get. Involved. No, I know. But I, I would take the easier path compared to the harder path come playoff time, and like the, the easier last path time in the division, then they uh, then they noped out to Montreal and said, "Yeah, <laughs> big year it didn't happen. Right. Didn't happen." Look, at, at this point, all you can do is keep throwing the dart against the wall. But the best and, way and to do it is put yourself in the best situation, and exactly, that's and that's what I think the tree living stuff is. I'm just like 
I don't love the process. I don't love the thinking behind most of the moves. I honestly like the Klingberg wrist a little better than most people, but I think I have a soft spot for that player because I think he's terrible now. But I like, I understand that like maybe the, for me really, it's like maybe the dice come up two sixes this year and they, and they, and they go further. That's really what it is. Because if you ask me, do I think this is the year that Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner take another step forward and like carry this team to the playoffs? No, because I do not believe in those players. I I will say that on record. And you can all laugh at me if like he wins the con smite, but I do not believe in those two players. No, Taylor, I 100% agree. I love those players. I love watching them. And come playoff time, I've not seen anything yet to give me any faith. Come playoff time, they're going to make Ben Chera look like, uh, you know, uh, Chris Chelios. So Anthony has said a few times in the pods in the past, statement games, statement series, and it hasn't and it hasn't happened. Right. We're still waiting for for those two, especially with the dollars attached to the expectations. We've not yet seen that once in the playoffs. So they're going to have a great regular season, I think. And then we're going to be back here talking, saying, "Okay, is this the year? Prior talk ourselves into it, and then they'll lose yeah. again. We'll be back here in September. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great season, everyone. Thanks, Thanks Anthony. The yeah, NHL we'll is trash because of banned Pride tape. Had to get that in there before the end. Absolutely horrible decision. Terrible decision. I'm with you. Okay. All right. Good Good go, Leafs, go. Go, Leafs, go. See you, boys. Bye. I know what I see